You know, this week's parsha, Vashon Nitzavim, is a very famous parsha, and that is what we call parsha Sabachir. Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, right? The Sati lefanecha hayam, asachayim v'satayv, v'asamavis v'sara. Placed in front of us, the options. There's the option of doing good and deserving life. There's an option of doing bad and deserving death. This is Moshe's penultimate message to the Jewish people. And the question is, what's the Chiddush? After hearing the whole Torah, we don't realize that there's a path of Tov and a path of Ra. We don't realize that the Torah tells repeatedly that following Hashem brings to life and to bracha. And disobeying Hashem brings to mothers and to punishment. What's Moshe adding in Pasha Sabachir? I heard from Ravel Bazar many times. I think he said Hashem Ravchas Kalevenstein. He said this, the, nearly the final mitzvah in the Torah will be the challenge of the final generation. Not what to choose. Not how to exercise one's Bechira. But the challenge will be, is there Bechira? Does a person have choice? Is he responsible for what he does? Or is he a product of his society? He's condemned to act a certain way because of his upbringing. He's unable to make changes from, so to speak, the environment he finds himself. Do we condone any crime a person can commit because of his childhood? In other words, does a person have Bechira? Does a person have Bechira, in which case he takes responsibility for his actions because he's not forced to act a certain way? Yes, there may be factors which weigh on the decision. There may be a person's nature or his history or his temperament, or his environment, which are going to influence, so to speak, the two sides of the scale of his choice. But at the end of the day, ultimately, a person has the ability to choose, and a person is expected to use that ability to change. More and more, the criminal justice system in the world is leading to denying the possibility of Bechira. People are compelled to act based on their nature, based on their upbringing, based on what they've been exposed to. And more and more, the concept that a person is responsible for himself is being forgotten or being ignored. I want to share with you two stories in the Gemara. Polar opposites. But the impact becomes so much stronger when we present the two stories against each other. The first story is famous. It's the story of somebody called Elisha ben Avur. Elisha was a Tana. Elisha was a contemporary of Rabbi Akiva. 
Elisha got to a level that very few had managed to achieve. He's one of the four people to do Nichlas Lepardes. He got to a certain level of Ruchnias, of spirituality, where few men had ever reached. And the same great Tana Elisha falls so dramatically that it seemed like he was going to lose his Olam Abba. Elisha's Talmud was none other than the great Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir once asked him, he asked his teacher, says, why don't you do Chava? And Elisha says to him, because one time I heard a Baskal, and the Baskal said, Shuvu Bonim Shavavim, come back and do Chava, but not Elisha. And therefore, if his Chava wasn't going to be accepted, Elisha decided he's going to make the most of enjoying the hedonistic lifestyle he can in this world. And he fell. And he fell. From the heights of Atana to the depths of depravity. That's the one story. The Gemara in Avodah Zarah tells a different story. This time, also a well-known story. The story of somebody called Elazar Brandardaya. Elazar Brandardaya began as somebody who was over Kimat every Avera in the Torah. In terms of morality, the very lowest of the law. And at a certain point, Elazar has also given a message. He says, there's no future and there's no hope in the future for Elazar Brandodaya. And when Elazar hears that message, he's galvanized into action. And he decides to do Chava. And he does such a complete Chava that when he dies, the Baskal comes out of Shemaim and confers on, confers on him the title Rabbi. It says, Rabbi Elazar Brandodaya is invited to Olam Abba. So look at the polar opposites. We have Elisha ben Avoya who began as a Tana. Someone granted entrance to the paradise and it ends ignominiously as somebody who loses Olam Abba. And we start with the story of Elazar ben Dodaya who begins as a sinner of the worst kind and ends with an open invitation to Olam Exact opposites. But in each one's career was a critical point. And this is what we have to pay attention to. They were both given the same message. Elisha was told, there's no trouble for you. Elazar Brandodaya was told, there's no chiva for you. And Elisha's case, it caused him to sink more. And in Elazar's case, it caused him to change. What was the difference? And this is the lesson we have to learn. What was the fundamental difference between the two of them? So let's look at another point 
The Shagamara tells us about each one. The Gemara tells us in Chagiga another story about Elisha ben Abba. Another conversation he had with the student Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir asks him, and he says, My teacher, you used to be so great. What happened to you? How did you manage to fall? And Elisha tells him, you know, Rabbi Akiva used to dorish in the Pasuk, Toiv achris tova the end of something, its outcome, how good it is, depends on how it began. Says Elisha, I was fated from the word go. I blame my childhood for what happened to me. What happened in his childhood? He says, at my bris, my father Avo invited the sages, the G'dali Adar, the previous Torah, but he has a Rabbi Yisha. And they were sitting at the bris and they were talking to every Torah of such a holy nature that a fire came down from Shemaim and surrounded them. Avur sees the fire and he goes up to them and he says, have you come to burn down my house? And they say, no, this is a Ruchnistic fire. And Avur is impressed. And he says, if that's the effect of Torah, I want this baby to learn Torah. So there was an element of Shalalishma. Says Elisha, that was the cause of my undoing. That incident by my breast. And now let's look at the story again of Elazar ben Dardaya. Elazar ben Dardaya, when he hears that there's no trouble for him, he goes to the sun and the moon and he says, help me. And they say, we can't help you. He goes to Shemaim Varetz and he says, help me. And they say, we can't help you. He goes to the Harimuk voice and he says, help me. And they say, we can't help you. The Daraz Mufashim will explain that he's talking specifically about the sun, the moon, the world, the hills and the mountains. The Daraz Mufashim explain that these are analogies to the G'dayli Adar, to those who protect the Adar, to the Tzadikai Adar. Whoever it's referring to, the answer he gets back from every avenue he turns to is, we can't help you. So Elisha says, Ein hadavar elo bi. Now it's up to me. Now it's up to me and the Lazar does Chiva and he becomes Rabbi and Lazar Brenda died. And this is such an important point. The difference, the tremendous difference between Elisha ben Avur and Elisha ben Dardai is Elisha ben Avur, he found somebody to blame. It's his father's fault. He had the wrong kavanas at the breast. So therefore he's fated to fail. Therefore he's unable to change. A critical point. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. It could be your father made a mistake at the breast. So what? You become great. You can't blame that for failure. And if you get a message from Hashem, don't do Trevor. Take responsibility. Decide you're going to do Trevor regardless. 
and that's the yesod of the greatness of Elazar ben Dodai. Yes, he was a sinner on the lowest level. And when he asked for help in doing tshuva, no one was able to help him. That didn't break him. That galvanized him into action. That was the catalyst for his tshuva. Then it's up to me, and I'm choosing to do tshuva, and he did tshuva. And he did tshuva, and he was accepted, and he was brought to Elam Abba. In the series of the Chinuch Shirim, I don't think I need to say any more than this. The importance of understanding to teach responsibility. Don't sit back passively and say, well, it's everybody else's fault. Had I had a different childhood, a different upbringing, a different chinuch, different circumstances, things would have been different. If you're looking to avoid Bechira, if you're looking to avoid having to decide on your own, it's always easy to find excuses. The only problem is, these excuses don't work. There is Bechira, and a person can choose, and a person is expected to choose, and a person is responsible for his decisions. No one begins life on such a pedestal that they can't fall off. No one begins life in a place so bad they can't climb out of. Take responsibility. Whatever the circumstances a person is given, at the end of the day, that's the background for his nisayin. It's up to him to change. You know, I remember when he set up our yeshiva, there was discussion what kind of yeshiva to make it. There's some yeshivas which are run like prison camps. They insist on full attendance. They lock the door at night that Bachram can't leave. They check the whole time to see where everybody is. If anyone dares break the rules, they're thrown out the yeshiva. There's such a style running yeshivas. And the yeshivas which are much more laid back. Of course they try and push everyone to attend and come. Of course, they can encourage people to do the right thing. But it's not with the same, so to speak, draconian code of punishment. And the question is, which was more successful? Which method of chinuch works better? So even though those yeshivas which have a much tighter regime, yes, they can boast that everybody's inside every day, no one misses a tefillah. But what often happens if the students of such an institution leave, then that commitment leaves with them. They were forced to act a certain way, and they did when they were forced to. And when they're not forced to, then they don't. As opposed to a place, which of course, there's a mockum and there's a place for insisting on adherence to rules, and they're arguing with that. But part of the process has to be at some stage, obviously a child's ready for that. Could be when they're a bachar or older. At some stage, they have to be responsible for their decisions. They have to be responsible for their decisions. You have to decide to do the right thing. I'll give a simple marshal, a practical one. Let's say even my little children. Two children are fighting, so you decide to separate them. You put one in the one room and one in the other room. And how long are they being punished for? Until you decide to change your mind. Until you decide to let them out. Or a child deserves to be punished to take away one of his toys. 
for how long? Until you decide to give it back. Sometimes children do need to be separated or punished. But you're missing out on a crucial point. Make the decision of when they get their thing back up to them. If you want to decide, then they're just victims. They're being punished, there's nothing they can do about it. Make it up to them. Say, I see you fighting, so I'm going to put you in two different rooms until you decide to make up and you decide to play nicely. Or, I took out to take something away from you because you weren't using it properly or because you were disturbing me or whatever the case might be. I'm taking it away until you decide how you're going to change things, how you're going to fix the problem. Make them responsible. Even the young child that understands that can then be decide when am I going to do what I need to do to get things right. And the Amos Zakharish Baruch works the same way. Even when we've done wrong and he's had to punish us. Like all of us today. Collectively, we all are in Goddess today. We're all being punished. For how long? Until we decide to do children. It's up to us. We're responsible. If we're still in Goddess, it's our fault. We're responsible. That's a tremendous lesson. The lesson, we're responsible. The fact that the person has his background, his upbringing, his childhood, his midas, his subconscious urges, whatever it's going to be, the people used to justify what they're doing wrong doesn't justify anything. Those are all factors in that person's design. People have bechira. People are responsible. With that, I want to answer the question we began with. What's Moshe telling the Jewish people that they don't already know? They haven't heard time and again throughout the Torah that following the Torah brings life and disobeying the Torah brings punishment and death. What's Moshe telling them again? And I think the answer is like this. Until now, Claudius from the Midbar had Moshe Rabbeinu. When anything went wrong, Moshe was there to daven. Whenever they need direction, Moshe was there to advise them. They need the, to ask Hashem directly, Moshe is the one to do it. You see how much Klai Yisrael were dependent on Moshe from the story of the Egel Azov. And when Moshe disappeared, Klai Yisrael panicked. Klai Yisrael even prepared to go so far as to build the Egel Azov. Because how are they going to survive without Moshe? And that's what Moshe is telling them. hayom. Israel, from now on, I'm giving it up to you. The path to bracha, the path to life, the route to destruction, is up to you, even when Moshe is not here. Even when you're on your own. But the choices are still there, and the decision is still needs to be made, and now you're going to be responsible for that. It's up to you to make the right choices. That's a fundamental lesson in Of course, we want to bring up our children to act the right way, to do the right thing. But they're not going to be in our control forever. And it's not going to be that because we insist, that's what's going to make them listen. 
And it can't be taken for granted that if we act a certain way, our children will choose the same. And therefore, an important lesson is to teach responsibility. At the end of the day, you have Bechira and you're responsible for yourself. You can become great. You can choose the Derech HaChaim. You can also choose the wrong Derech and deserve all the punishments as well. I want to finish with a verse I once heard at the Simcha. I'm not sure it's true. But it's a good message. Was there a certain offer of and the grandfather of the Chosun was there. And he wanted to speak. He said the following. Obviously, what does a grandfather say at a grandson's offer of... He quoted the Pasuk. You'll see sons of your sons, you'll see your grandsons, Shalom al-Yisrael. Many explanations have been given in this Pasuk. I'll tell you what he said. Again, I'm not sure this is the Pshat. But the message is right. He said like this. He said, when I was young and I was bringing up my children, I put a tremendous effort into them. I was on top of them. I looked after them. I worried about them. I tried to take, be on top of everything they were doing. Very much a hands-on kind of chinuch. And I felt with my involvement the whole time. So he said, Baruch Hashem, my kids turned out well. But I felt it needed me to be involved in the whole time to make sure they turned out so well. He said, but then I came to my grandkids. And now I wasn't involved the same way. And it wasn't me making the decisions. And it wasn't me watching them the whole time. And I was worried how they're going to turn out. He says, but now I see by my grandson's Afrof that he turned out to be in Torah, so I see Kaishal doesn't need me. It'll continue without me also. When you see your grandsons were successful, then you see that there's a hemshek without your involvement as well. So Kaishal can continue without me too. I don't know if that's a real chat, but the point is right. There's a certain element where a person feels chinuch means he's responsible. He takes control. At a certain stage, a person has to realize that Kaisal is going to continue after him also. The main point is to instill that sense of responsibility. That even without your supervision and constant guidance or instruction, your Talmudim, your students, your children, whatever it's going to be, will continue on their own to do the right thing. Moshe Rabbeinu is leaving us. He tells Kaisal, from now on, it's up to you. You're on your own. But you have the principles of Bechira, and if that's the case, you're empowered and you're able to make the choices which will bring you life and bring you atzlacha and bring you Eilam Abba.